So when I woke up on the morning of March 23 in 2020, this calendar year, not for one second did I think we would officially be enlisted as homeschoolers in the state of Massachusetts. Oh, snap. Nope. I never thought it would happen in my life. <laughs> I w- did not plan for it. I did not go into having having children thinking that that's what I was going to do. It's as much a surprise to me as it is to you, my friend. And I think our kids. Yeah. What are you guys doing? The Landscapes and Pancakes Podcast. Wow. There are a bajillion aspects of the green industry. All right. I just want this podcast to be <laughs> real. Interesting. It's not always fun. What? But I think people go through this. I know. None of it makes sense. Seriously. We are the ones designing and we are the ones building. We respect each other. Respect. Well, Samantha, with everything that you do for the family, for the business, all the titles that you hold, you can now officially put educator, primary educator, (laughs) teacher on the list. Congratulations. God help our children. I hope they don't ever have to do math in their life. Oh, well, there's (laughs) that. They'll be fine. There's plenty of time to make up for all this. Oh, my goodness. I... I don't even know what to say about it. Yes, I am officially homeschooling our children now because they started off remote mm-hmm. and now they're switching to a hybrid. But the fact of the matter is they're not. Right. It's just not working for our family on many levels. And so I've decided to take matters into my own hand and, yes, add teacher to my <laughs> list of responsibilities. Bravo. What, what we realized was the curriculum that you can put in place as a homeschooler during the course of a day, our flexible, our, our schedule is actually far more flexible doing that than having to be in front of a computer for the six or seven hours that they have to be. So you have to be home during that time, whereas now you have some flexibility. And running the business, I mean, we need that. We do, we do. Plus, we get to study uh, Willie Nelson lyrics for music That's class. Right, so that was pretty fun. The Red Stranger, I knew they'd and love Johnny it. And Johnny Cash, yep. Yes. Got to pick the right <laughs> lyrics that will intrigue <laughs> your kids, right? Outlaw Country will do it. A little violence in your music never hurt anybody, A boy named right? Sue. It actually, you <laughs> thought it was going to go one way, but it ended up being a really good story in the end. Right. So I we all learned from it. And they did enjoy it, so. That's for sure. That was pretty um, cool. But since we're talking about you, I thought it would be a good podcast to learn about you because so far, you've been very quiet, very restrained. Or maybe you just haven't had an opportunity to talk because I've been doing a lot of the talking. But I think the listeners want to know about you and, and how did you get to this point and why, why the hell are you running this business with me? Wow, so you're going to interview me right now. I, I guess. You actually have questions? I do guess. you write down questions like no. we do for our guests? No, no, not even once. But I think the world that you came from, tell the people, tell the people, you went to RISD, you went to art school. You're talking for me. Okay. Well, let them know. Let's go. Let's do this. My story. Um, Well, I guess my background is that, yes, I never, I didn't even know that this profession, landscape architecture, existed, as I think most teenagers don't know coming out of high school. So I was going to take a very traditional route and actually study English. But as luck or fate, probably fate would have it, I actually got into the Rhode Island School of Design. So that was kind of a really big decision for me Mm. at that point and a real leap of faith. So I could either go to Providence College where I had a scholarship offer (laughs) and study English, which is, you know, something I I love, 
or I could go to the Round School of Design with basically no scholarship and pay for it for the rest of my life. But if you get into RISD, you got to go. Well, no, that's the thing. So I decided to pay for it for the rest of my well, life. Well, that's like getting into that's like getting into <laughs> the Harvard of art schools, right? Or the Brown, at least. Um, so you got to go. It's a good school. Yeah, it's, it's a good school. And I was very lucky to have been accepted. So, um, you know, that was a very interesting experience. And I ended up graduating with graduating with a degree in photography but as I was wrapping up my senior year my senior thesis I actually started to do a lot of video work and so coming out of school I, I started working as um, a production assistant on a PBS documentary called River of Song which mm. is really an amazing documentary we studied uh, or not studied but we presented musicians along the Mississippi River um, and it was done in conjunction with the Smithsonian, so it was a really amazing. You actually went on a experience. cruise down the river and documented all these musicians in all these different cities, correct? So that part had already done been okay. done before I came onto the scene, but what I got to do is go on a promotional tour. Oh, so you went on the party tour? Yeah, I went on the party. Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> Good timing. It was. It was definitely the party tour on the river barge. Uh, you know, I had the time of my life. It was amazing. So I actually, you know, after that did more work in television production and eventually became a television editor and did some producing. Um, but what I started to realize is that I was surrounded, you know, in a dark room, 10 hours a day sometimes, surrounded by whirring machines and all this technology, and I just felt like there was kind of something missing in my life. Mm. And when I had gone to RISD, I worked at a nursery for a summer and that experience actually really stuck with me. I was in charge of the herb greenhouse. So that got me, <laughs> and by herbs, I mean herbs. I, I mean things like oregano and thyme and the innocent fever few and, you know, medicinal herbs. Um, but I was able to really kind of hone my skills on taking care of those plants and learning more about what plants can do for people. And uh, it was just a very calming, very meditative very grounding experience for me. So that's the complete opposite of being in the dark room. Exactly, exactly. So so that experience, I kind of just sat with me, and I just realized I needed to do something different. And I, I don't know how, even at this point, how I chanced upon landscape architecture as a profession, huh. but somehow I found it. So I ended up going to the University of Rhode Island and entering their landscape <laughs> their landscape architecture wow. program. Um and so, yeah, so I ended up with two bachelor's <laughs> degrees. I don't even have a, you know, Did I you went to school twice. So this is why we always joke a lot yeah. about the fact that I, I, you know, I went to school twice. So I have two bachelor degrees. So <laughs> I should have a master's. But if I was advising you at this point in your life, yeah, I would have said, maybe you should go get your master's degree in landscape architecture. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, well, the reason I didn't is because the only master's program that was close to me was actually at RISD. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it was a little incestuous to go back to, well, and to go back to the school that I had my undergrad degree from. And I also felt like it was such a completely new profession to me that I needed to get the basics down. Mm -hmm. And so kind of going through the program from the very beginning, I think, was really important. That's had I not done yeah. that, had I just jumped into a graduate program from being a photography major, I would have had so much yeah. to learn. So That's interesting because, you know, we, we kind of touched on the fundamentals, at least where I went to, the real co a real college, UMass. Um, sorry, not UAL. Um, 
say right with the I couldn't help it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. There's always a little competition yeah. between us. So uh, we learned the fundamentals of grading. I didn't really hone that skill, but at least I was introduced to it. So when I think of grading and drainage, the things that I was learning there, had you come in green without that knowledge, I get it. That would have been – you definitely would have been behind the eight ball in terms of a lot of things and even the plant ID and all that good stuff. So Well, exactly, and I think some of those things – I mean, all of those things are incredibly important to being able to think creatively and effectively in this profession. So – I knew I knew that just jumping into a master's was not going to be smart. So, and it would have cost a lot of money. A lot that's of money. Sure, so, sure. so now I'm paying for two degrees for the rest of my life. But so be it. And and <laughs> I will mention, and this is a, the other uh, kind of ongo- uh, ongoing joke that we have. Well, I have is that Samantha would have been making really good money had she stuck with what she was doing in that world of production. Just saying. It's true, so and I. But but what I like to to say is that, you know, I had gotten to a point in that career where I had just bought my first brand new car. Jetta. My my blue Jetta, which I loved. I was making consistent income Mm -hmm. and I was making a lot of connections in that industry, which is hard to do. Fun at that age, I imagine. Right, right. But I think ultimately I had to think about what was going to make me happy and there was just a certain satisfaction that I wasn't getting. And I think part of it, quite honestly, part of that was because the projects that I was starting to work on at that point were becoming less and less interesting. And I, I guess rather than cha- rather than change jobs, I decided to change <laughs> careers. <laughs> well, so. it sounds like my experience <laughs> in the firm life, it became less and less interesting for me. So, I mean, kudos for you to, to you for looking outside – you know, your parameters and making that move. I mean, that takes a lot of guts. And now you're stuck in Rehoboth with me. So does, did it work out? I mean, any regrets? What's going on here? <laughs> I want to be seen. <laughs> from a nice condo in, in Boston overlooking the bay. Well, I'll say this. All these big choices that we make in your life, number one, you're never stuck in anything. Mm. You're really not. You have the ability to make a change. And so – there was a point where I started to worry about the fact that, oh, my God, I spent all this time and money at RISD studying photography and, and videography, and now I'm throwing all that away, and did I just waste you know, that seven years of my life that was dedicated to kind of that whole career and schooling? But amazingly, with this industry and all the things that we've started doing on social media and working with some other people, too, I mean – I've managed to bring all these skills together. So I've really had the best of both worlds because I've had – RISD gave me the freedom to really think creatively and think outside the box and have the confidence to do that. I think URI gave me a lot of the practical skills that I need. So I think that I have this really great blend of knowing how to think creatively about a project but also understand how to build it and how to be realistic about it. Interesting. So what what is that that spot up the hill where all the RISD kids sit, all the cool kids? The beach. The beach. <laughs> Such a scene. I know. Such a scene. I know. Um, but RISD is a great asset to have even still. It's right down the road from us. I took some some classes there last year, some continuing ed classes. So it's, it is it's a pretty fantastic spot. So, I, d- I mean, obviously it, it, it paid off, you know. But in that moment, I can see being completely, um, I don't know, just 
bewildered as to what to do. I get it. So. What, in terms of oh. changing careers? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Exactly. I just quit jobs. <laughs> I was just like, ah, I'm going to go be a carpenter now. This isn't working out. And then <laughs> I landed back into this. So. But again, it's like every decision that you make leads you to the point where you are. So had I not made those choices, I wouldn't be here with you and have my beautiful family and, oh. you know, have a... Um, a career or a portfolio of these projects that I've been able to kind of pour myself into. Cool. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. So you're a mom, you're a business owner, you're our lead designer, you do site inventory and surveys, you essentially run the admin side of the business, and... Contracts, estimating, and I'm a teacher. Yeah. You can handle it. You go, girl. I'm going to go cry now in my cave. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, anyway, enough about me. Are you embarrassed? Uh, you know, enough about talking about yourself? I am blushing what? a little oh. bit. I am blushing a little bit. So for today's episode, super excited. But we did decide to do something a little bit different today. Outside the box. Outside the box at what we do. So we're really happy to have with us Jane Viscalosi. Mm-hmm. So Jane is one of... Neil's, um, I would say, more inspired kind of yoga instructors. And you as well. What's that? You as well. Well, yes, yes, you're right. But she was your friend before she was my That's friend. True, <laughs> I do make a lot of friends. <laughs> but Jane is amazing. She has incredible energy. And I think what we wanted to talk about today is really the importance of taking care of your mind and your body, mm-hmm. especially as a business owner, but especially as people doing actual physical labor. Yes. So um, we just want to kind of get her take on that. She has a lot of great feedback, and um, we can't wait to have you guys listen. Well, let's then, let's then, let's do this! We are so happy today to have Jane Viscalosi, who is a Baptiste Power Vinyasa yoga instructor, and we're definitely going to talk about Jane's journey to get there. But, um, Jane, thank you, first of all, so much for taking the time. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I'm sure you have many other people that uh, you could interview, and I feel very honored, honestly. Oh, that's so sweet. Nice. You know, I'm, I'm looking at you, and I'm looking at the fact that you're sitting outside, and I'm thinking to myself, why are we not outside? I know. Why are we <laughs> in the office? Perfect day for <laughs> it. Well, well. The reason I'm outside is I love to be outside. I've been teaching a lot of yoga outside during the coronavirus pandemic, but it's because my dogs will be just barking their heads off when they hear me talking, and you hear it, and you talking through the computer, they'll be barking their heads off. So oh, it seems this like is a perfect situation right now. Seems like a good spot. Yeah, and um, we're always we're always we're always due for a good dog disturbance on our end, so don't worry about <laughs> it. We'll roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> and you spend a lot of time outdoors, you too. I spend a lot of yeah. times in my full-time job indoors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're, we definitely want to talk about everything that you do. And I want to let the listeners know why we thought it was really important to actually have you here. Because, you know, we all the guests we've had to date have been involved directly in the green industry. But I think we wanted to talk a little bit really about physical and mental health within this industry, and certainly even just as being business owners. Mm. So as you know, Neil and I own this company together, and we've been doing it for 15 years now together. <laughs> Somehow. And 
You know, that is admirable. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Or crazy. I'm still not crazy. Sure. And we still like each other. It's so odd. Well, sometimes. It's so uh, yeah. good. I would not be able to do this. My husband owns a factory for 30 years. We both do. And I choose to stay with my other full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'll let him do his thing. I'll say this through our our journey, uh, you know, in our beginning years, I don't think running a business ever necessarily gets easier per se. I think you just deal with things differently. And when we first started our business, one thing I noticed in particular with Neil is how you would just like really get pent up with negative energy, which I don't blame you for at all. But and that was really, I think, more. because of the stress that he was under to build these projects, to deal with employees, to kind of make things happen. Mm. And I think he found it hard to deal with some outbursts sometimes that you would have, some frustration. Yeah, absolutely, yep. Mm. Um, mm. And people around him would be affected by that. Um, and when he found yoga in particular, and I think for some people it's probably different forms of physical activity, But for Neil, when he found yoga and really kind of started to dedicate himself to it and then even transform his practice, really the transformation that I saw in his personality and his ability to deal with things is nothing short of mind-blowing. And I say that, I mean, I couldn't be any more authentic in saying that. And this is a practice that really has changed his life, and I think it's really you know, changed our relationship. I mean, I'm still working on things. <laughs> I don't go to <laughs> yoga as often as he does, so I'm not quite there yet. We actually no, fight about we you. fight about that because I'm like, you got to go more. She's like, I don't have time. You don't understand. <laughs> and I'm always saying, Neil, where's Sam? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm still got some things. <laughs> we both want you there. <laughs> I still got some things to work. <laughs> I still tell you, but you know, I think in thinking about you know, how much dedication it takes to be in an industry that's kind of as demanding as this. We really wanted to talk to you as a practitioner, as an instructor of yoga to kind of get your take on how something like this can be used to really kind of transform yourself regardless of what kind of industry you're in. And so we just, we love you to death and we thought that you'd be a great person to have on. Thank you. And, um, you know, my... As far as my style of yoga and who I study with, my teacher, and what I present is Baptiste Power of Vinyasa Yoga. That is my part-time, I don't even like to call it a job, but it's my part-time job and my full-time passion. My full-time job is health and safety for the Laborers International Union of North America, a huge construction union. And, um, you know, it's just, that I understand what you and Neil are doing physically and, you know, owning a business and being maybe a little bit of a perfectionist, Neil. Would you no. say? No. A little no. bit? Come on. Please. Yeah. Yes. I understand being not my best self, showing up before the creation is finished, right? So the creation of my yoga class, the creation of your landscaping projects, which is so beautiful. But when you're seeing like a clean slate and me, a clean, you know, a full hour and a half or hour class that hasn't happened yet. And I have a white canvas and you have a green canvas, really. 
And I get so nervous about, I want it to be so well, go so well and be so wonderful experience for, for everyone that I put so much pressure on myself. And so not the best Jane comes out and I try to just, you know, use my yoga to, to manage that. And it's really helped me too. It's it's interesting you say that because I actually did a post, um, I don't know, a few days ago on social media where we're starting a new job and we've been doing this for 15 years now and I still get all this pent up anxiety before the job starts about any number of things. I'm worried about if the client's going to be happy, if I have everything lined up, you know, are the employees going to show up that morning? It still hits me, but I think with the practice – and everything that I've learned so far, I'm actually able to identify that anxiety. It's mm-hmm. it's and mm-hmm. when it fir- when I was first able to do that, it was such a weird feeling to be able to analyze and understand what was happening to me. And now I'm able to kind of put it in perspective and deal with it because I can identify mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And the the practice to me is so fascinating because it's the first thing I've ever done. A you know, I did sports growing up. I, um, I was a gym rat for a while, always working out, but I always got bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first thing I've ever done that's evolved. There's no room for getting bored because there's always some new vinyasa to learn, something I can perfect, my breathing that I can work on. There's just mm-hmm. endless opportunities mm-hmm. within practice to kind of explore yourself. But, um, yeah, I think for me just – it's it's been fascinating to be able to recognize kind of those I used to think of them as deficiencies within myself. Now I realize, you know, they're just part of the human experience and how do I best deal with this? Mm. So it's it's been wild. Yeah, and you know, yoga is an opportunity to start with the physical and mm. roll out a yoga mat and be with either a home practice by yourself. Um or a community class, people together, to spend that time getting into you physically, getting into your physical body. What am I feeling? And then with Baptist yoga, the three practices are, number one is the, the, the postures, the posing, the asana, uh, which translates in Sanskrit into taking your seat in a particular pose. So it's the, it's the physical practice. And then the next practice is meditation. And so for me, being a little type A-ish and a little ADD-ish, as I'm finding out in my later years, <laughs> because people are telling me. I'm like, really? I was never diagnosed as that as a kid. Well, I'm old enough to have that. That wasn't diagnosed back then as, as I was in, in school. But I definitely do shift from one thing to another um, quickly. So, But the meditation in motion, okay, so meditation to me was like, whoa, what is that? You know, yeah. And I don't know if I can sit still. I can't sit still. But to have a moving meditation, like yeah. the vinyasa, so it is, it's that, right? The, the, the vinyasa yoga, it's moving with your breath. It becomes this meditation. And then the, that's the second practice. And the third practice is the inquiry. And then just like being in that space, 60 minutes, an hour and a half, whatever it is, 20 minutes, if that's all you have, and just being on my mat, getting into my physical body, adding in and getting into my breath, noticing access, no access, and then and, and just really point-to-point point focus. We talk on drishti, point-to-point point focus, and it puts you in this meditative state where by then the third practice is a really great um, time and place for inquiry. 
So now you start to take a look within and say, well, okay, so this is happening. And what is that? Why do I have this angst in my body? Oh, I identify it. Oh, okay. And what do I want to do with that? And then you have a choice. And then you come to, when we, we work in Baptiste Yoga, all my trainings has always come to the question, what is possible now? Nice. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like, that a lot. I, I, I like how, for, so for me, and maybe for your personality as well, it's that I was drawn to the physical aspect of the practice. That was the challenge. Like that, mm-hmm. that fed into my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and being from America too, like our Western, mm-hmm. um, you know, mindset, that physical, like, you know, you want to do that pose. You want to get to that point. That's that gym mentality. And yep. then before you know it, oh my gosh, it's almost that meditative quality. That starts to creep in. And it took me a little while. It probably took me like over a year actually of really, really um, focusing on the, f- the physical practice where that, all those other benefits started to creep in. And that was amazing as well because mm-hmm. I didn't see it happening. I used to actually doubt it. I was like, well, that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. Meditation, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. All of a sudden, common. yep, these little things start happening. And then before you know it, get some crazy moment in your head yeah and then you notice changes in yourself and then your family Mm. your relationships yeah it's amazing it's amazing so you know i think of what you both do and your crews do and my uh laborers right what you're doing all day with your body yoga we look at yoga we say okay it's it's physical it's physical fitness it's activity it's um, it's uh, challenging, you know, it's all of that, like the gym sort of thing. But then, um, you know, afterwards, it's all of that. It's so good. It's so good for sustaining your body in a physical business, right? For your, for your, your passion mm. and your livelihood. And so your paycheck. Right. So, so that's a great segue, Jane, because I, I actually wanted you to talk a little bit about your daytime job. Because I think it kind of, I mean, it ties into our listeners for sure. So can you talk more about what your full-time job is? Yeah, so I started working for the Labor's International Union of North America in Providence. And actually, we're out of Washington, D.C., bigger. So I work for a regional health and safety fund. I am a health and safety professional. And what I love about my job is it's a health and safety fund for a physical construction Mm field, construction field. Um, So 15 years prior to that, I was working for a health and safety manufacturer. So I put the two together. And for, oh, so 15 years at the same time I was with the factor uh, manufacturer, I was working at the health club and I was a gym rat. (laughs) And I was teaching group exercise and I was athletic as well. I was a swim team, goes back to eight years old. It all began with swim team and my family being so physically active and sports oriented. My dad is Bristol, Rhode Island, Hall of Fame, football, baseball, basketball. My brothers played, one of my brothers played for URI and still holds records or did and tried out for the New England Patriots. We're very physical, very, very physical. And I can go back to this, but what I, what drew me into yoga was that my family, we weren't, very much so um how do i want to say this emotional i guess you could say like it wasn't we really would sit down and we actually we wouldn't sit down 
we would play a great game of volleyball before we would sit down and talk about our feelings for each other. Hash <laughs> <laughs> it out on the volleyball court. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but so very, very, very much so active. And so I worked at a health club as parallel with my health and safety field uh, profession. So my profession, I love it. Uh, it has been my full-time job. And, you know, as I said earlier, my fitness and yoga has been my part-time job, but full-time passion. Not to say I'm not full-time passionate about my full-time job, but um, I just love them both. So that's the whole thing. The whole thing is the health and safety fund pulls it all together. Okay. So now I have the opportunity to speak and teach to our membership. 25,000 members in the New England states and about 500,000 plus in the country and Canada. And so I have the, the joy and the pleasure to speak OSHA standards and compliance uh -huh, to one group of, uh, say, a new group of apprentices coming into the, to the field, to the laborers. Then after lunch, I get to speak uh, to them about the topic in, in the uh, presentation is fitness for duty. So by the end of that, by the end of that segment, I'm teaching yoga to these guys. <laughs> and well, that creeps That's right what in. I wanted to ask you. You know, it's probably more than 80% men, and, and, and definitely we have some great women in the union, wonderful women, hardworking women, and I get them to do some yoga as much as they will do. From 20 minutes, sometimes they lose interest. Some of them, they're in like full wheel pose. They're young and in 90 <laughs> minutes yoga later, I'm like, you should do this every day. So are you Please. teaching them, are you teaching them, you know, before you get to the, the, the yoga part, are you teaching them correct methods of lifting, how to take care of your yes. body? So, you know, what are some of the most common things that people are doing incorrectly that really seriously can lead to injury? Well, improper lifting for sure, but then there's also lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. Like not exercising, not um, not just understanding that, and a lot of them are coming from sports in, in, in school, right? In high school or in their neighborhood. And they're coming in pretty fit and young, right? And so now we have this saying around the union that's 30 and out. Yeah. 30 years of construction craft labor is a lot. It's a lot on the physical body, right? So you come in, you're 20 years old, and you're so young, and you have so little life. Um, and some of them have some injuries already from being on the fields, the sports fields, or recreation, skateboards, whatever it is. And just to, um, to put it as top priority, your body, yeah. your body is your paycheck. Because 30 years of jackhammering, 30 years of building trenches, 30 years of supporting the carpenters, 30 years of supporting the masons. This is what the laborers do and many other things. So why do you take better care? And they laugh at me and I say, why, guys, the girls, do you take better care of your cars than you do of your body? Uh -huh. Take care of your body. You have 30 years. And what I like to see for you, I give them the, I give them the visual. I say, okay. All right, what do you want to look like at the end of 30 years? A cane? <laughs> a walker? Right. An oxygen tank? Hearing aids? Chopped off fingers? Like, you've got to put health and safety in the very forefront, and that's what's going to be your, you know, that's going to be the savings grace 
you just, you really have to take care of your health and you have to be safe. You can do it. You can do this for 30 years, but it's going to take a little bit of attention and, and intention. Yeah, that's a great point. So I think what I've started to realize through, through my practice, A, I feel, I have to say, amazing from it. Okay, so I've, it's been, I've been really focused on yoga for five years, and I was getting back pain, and I was getting some pains that I was far too young to have. Mm. Um, that has subsided. It's insane. I don't wake up with a tight back like I used to. Um, it's, it's been unbelievable. And then with the physical, you know, feeling better, my mental feels better. It's just this huge right. exploration. Right. Um, so yes. it's, so I'm always promoting it to people, but I love how you, you talked about what happens to the body because now that in, another aspect for me is I'm able to like I definitely am more understanding of what my body's capable of doing and and I'm like almost amazed by it at some time sometimes through the practice and I look at what I do at work it conditions your body to take a certain form because it's it's these repetitive movements that you're doing so it's almost like sculpting yeah. you mm-hmm. in this particular position where there's that hunched over thing that you talked about mm-hmm. where now I really do feel like the yoga is is opening me back up. It's opening me back up. I like love how he always says the yoga. I know, but he I do. Talk about the the yoga. But it's it's. I feel like it's counteracting all those those sustained movements that we do at yeah. work. But but I want to talk about um, something you said to me earlier, Neil, because Jane, this ties into your attitude or one's attitude about physical health. So, Neil, you were telling me about a post you saw. I don't know if it was on Facebook uh, or yes. Instagram. So talk about that that post because I think that this mentality is almost a badge of honor in some <laughs> weird way. Talk about that post. So there was this is going back a year and we hadn't even done a podcast yet. This wasn't even in the works. And I had always thought I wanted to, and I had you in mind from this moment. Um so because it was it was a picture of a gentleman at work, you know, on such and such date. And then there was another picture of him on such and such date. So the first picture said, you know, this is so-and-so. He just started his hardscaping company. Um, and it was a good-looking guy, physically fit, vibrant, full of life, ready to go. <laughs> and then it showed him, you know, five years into his hardscape business. And then, the, you know, the, the, s- the subtitle was, um, uh, you know, fast food for lunch, um, yes. living out of convenience stores and drinking Red Bulls and Gatorade. Yes. And he was unhealthy. He was overweight. Yes. He was all unkempt. And it was this post that was, you know, seemingly going viral. And everyone's like, ha, 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 LOL. Yeah, like it was and a joke. I'm like, no. But I think that no, is. No, no, no. I think that is, A, it's a, like I said, it's a weird badge of honor for some people. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's not at all. We should not be laughing at it yeah. because people no. are living like this and they are seriously damaging themselves, which, you know, to each his own, but it doesn't no, have to right. be that and way. And I say, I mean, that's part of the presentation. In my, my presentation, we start off with um, uh, what they do, you know, what they're going to be doing. And um, some of them are coming into construction for the very first time and some of them are just coming in a little older from either not being not in the union or at a different union. And they're coming in, and like some of them just don't don't really have any idea. They're only like 18 years old, and they're like, yeah, yeah, I take it very like lackadaisically. Well, we only added this program in about 10 years ago, and the labors are over 100 years old. But one of the uh, directors of training said, you know, let's add in in the first day of a four-week general construction class. 
on the second half of the day, we'll do OSHA, some OSHA in the morning, and that continues. But then day one in the afternoon, fitness for duty, we talk about the jobs that they're going to be doing. And then we have a um, nutrition component, which is everything you just said. You know, like you put up the slides of, you know, uh, Super Size Me, the movie. And they're like, I saw yeah. that. I saw that movie, the McDonald's uh, yeah. movie that was done, yeah. documentary in 2004. And then um, uh, uh, the, uh, another one, I forgot the other name of the movie. And it's true. It's like, you know, you get to a certain point where your body is it's so important to, to feed it right and to treat it right. And then we go right into the exercise component and the four types of exercise, breaking down cardio, respiratory, um, exercise for that stamina and, and, and um, just energy through the day, strength training, core strengthening, and stretching. And in yoga, vinyasa yoga, you get all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So then we move into um, the proper lifting piece. And so just so, so important is, is proper body mechanics, even posture, right? So then I bring out my spine model, and I show them, like, this is our spine. This is what it's made up of, and this is what the body – you know, it supports the spine and, and, and this is what could happen in the lower back with improper lifting. And I give a little demonstration of the paper clip. You know, if you keep bending in the same place over and over again, it's eventually going to get weak and cracked. Right. So how do we how do we prevent that from happening? You know, it's uh, mentioned it again in my class this morning. Yoga is very much rooted in your core coming out from everything originating from your core and then into the strength poses, into the stretching poses. It's yeah. just amazing, and it just really needs to go hand in hand. So when we get these 20-year-olds into construction and we can get them on a yoga mat, uh, we have some really good programs in the laborers to actually get them a yoga mat and an amazing PT program that you can do at home on a Kindle with a avatar and um, a health coach that is also assigned to you. And it's just so necessary. I'm going to tell you why, guys. The reason is – what happens, and this is really, really, really what we were all talking about prior to coronavirus, was the opioid epidemic. I mean, that's a huge problem. If you have pain, and thank God, Neil, yeah. your back is feeling better and because you have to keep working. You're young, and you love what you do, and you're great at it. And so you, you, know, you don't want to have to do that. And I say to them, what if everybody in this room or even one person in this room showed up on the job site with pain? What does that do for the whole energy of that job? Yeah. yeah. So opioids in our business, you know, pain to Advil, Advil to opioids, opioids to um, to uh, addiction. Right. Yeah. Addiction to overdose to death. I mean, we've had so much of that in in our uh, six states of New England, and and we that's what I'm knowledgeable about, but everywhere, mm. everywhere. Yeah. No, Scary. you're right. I mean, I mean, starting to take care of yourself younger and then trying to create a routine and trying to understand how important it is in that not all pain is only curable by ingesting something right so if you catch it soon enough there are ways to kind of correct that and that kind of reminds mm -hmm. me i don't know if it was around the time where you were having that back pain but i remember you going to the doctor i think it was just for a physical and i remember her ask well you told me that she asked you do you do any exercise? And I think your comment was, well, like I work outside all the time. And she was like, but do you do any healthy exercise? <laughs> and it was really Absolutely. striking how she defined those and differentiated those because I think I'm guilty of that to a point too. I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm always running around, but 
that is not the same as <laughs> as taking the time for myself yeah. and strengthening my body and my mind. So I think that there's a tendency to think that because you're in a labor type of employment, oh, you got all the exercise you need. I can't possibly do anything else. Yeah. But Absolutely. it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, like I can't believe that um, that you just said that. Like I, I often pose the question in my classes and I have the definition of what exercise is on a, on a slide, my PowerPoint. And I, I pose the question, is your job exercise? And, you know, the heads of, yeah. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and I put the definition of exercise right up there in front of them. And I say, no, no, no. Your job is strenuous. Your job right. is not, in my book, exercise. This is exercise. And exercise is just as you said, is a period of time where you des designate where you're going to either do, you know, I say break it down, do some cardio respiratory um, aerobic exercise at some 20-minute period. I'm not asking you. I tell them I'm not asking you to do an hour, an hour and a half, or join the expensive membership, but to focus either on your your uh, cardio or your strength training because it's just going to make your job easier. Your core and the core's primary job is you know they're 20 years old, not to look great and have be a six pack. <laughs> it's to support your lumbar spine. Like we're going to start talking about like the, the sustaining your body 30 years, and you could be 50 years old and retired, and we'll have some you know, a home and have some things and um, some, you know, feeding your family and then move into some other type of work perhaps, but really so important to take care of themselves. And that's the message. It's not exercise. Yeah. And you, you, you touched on a great point yeah. too about the core because um, I didn't really ever really truly understand how to use it before the practice. Mm -hmm. Um We've always heard lift with the legs, lift with the legs, lift with the legs, don't lift with the back. So right. I always fell into that mentality, never truly understanding how my core works, how to breathe and utilize from the core down through the legs, how to position the tailbone, do all these things when I am lifting heavy things. So it's been it's been really kind of opening to me to go through the posture process of how to do these postures the right way. Mm -hmm. And then you start to realize that there's yoga in everything that I do at work. I mean, I, we hold a 30-pound demo saw, which is a bigger demo saw, and it's almost – I almost start now in a modified um, triangle pose. That's how <laughs> I start. Yeah. And, yeah, I and that's, that's the grounding series. So mm. you're grounding yourself, right? Yeah. And yep. then you have integration and, and then strength. Yeah, so I get into mm -hmm. that, that position up. with the saw. It's hanging down below my waist. And then I breathe as I bend down and start my cut. It's, it's wild. And even, yeah. you know, our son right now is playing uh, baseball. He's nine. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to pitch. And the way he goes into his windup where he has to stand on one leg. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is yoga. Oh, yeah. This is all yoga. It's just it's all there. It's, and it's think amazing. about for him too. When you think about the things that we do day in and day out repetitively, the nice thing about yoga is that we move through the different flow, and it's just well, it's well done. It's it's ancient and it's intelligent, and mm. how we're moving our body through ranges of motion and working to strengthen and stretch equally, all sides and both sides of our body. A lot of people like the pitcher if he's right-handed, right? It's one side, one side, one side. Imagine if he does that and he goes pro. Imagine how many pitches that is at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. 
how do you balance that out? A golfer who's constantly swinging this mm-hmm. way, this way, what's going to happen in the body? Yep. Right. So yoga teaches us to, to, I guess to uh, to relax yes. that one overused area and rebuild. You know, maybe the 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 area that's not getting used so much. But just it's always about balancing. So that you can continue to pitch and pitch, you got to work on that shoulder, right? If you're golfing, you got to work on that hip or the hamstrings. Yeah, it's funny you say that, that meal. I think realistically, too, until I started yoga, I was not using my core to lift. I was just listening to you, and mm. I was like, oh, yeah, good point. And then as my core got stronger, it just seemed natural to include that <laughs> in mm. whatever I was doing. So it's kind of yeah, really interesting. Well, Jane, yeah, um, so with the guys and girls at the at the school, um, what we do is we put it in action, what we teach in the classroom. I work with one of the instructors up there who has a lot of experience in working out in the field, and we do materials handling. And the materials are the concrete blocks that weigh, uh, some of them are, are pretty heavy, like 35 pounds, and they're carrying two at a time, so these some of them are more like 15 or 20 pounds. And then we do um, um, plywood sheets of plywood like four by eights and then and then planks and long planks 16 foot planks so we're teaching them and then we watch them and then we give them feedback and then we ask them to do it again so they get it you know in a four-week course they get it and they go out into the field they come back for two weeks and off they go again and as much yoga as i can bring to the laborers union and to you know also too when we go out and do on-site um uh toolbox talks we go and to a job site like I was just up at one at Fan Pier, which is in Boston. It's a huge Turner construction job, and we bring people together. It's a little difficult. We had to break the groups up during the pandemic, but but everybody that we can and just bring forward, like taking care, you know, getting involved with some kind of stretch and flex. And many of the companies out there are doing that. Like Neil, I mean, right? Your crew, five minutes stretch and flex, and then. Uh, and then start the day. It's difficult because you're paying, and that and it comes down to a financial situation. But our construction people are knowing that it reduces soft tissue injury losses. Mm. Yes, yeah, I imagine so. Jane, can you um just tell us a little bit about your journey to starting yoga and becoming an ins- an instructor? I just love to hear people's stories. When I ever told my mom I was going to yoga, she's like, "What?" you're doing yoga you're always doing aerobics or you're always running or you're always doing cardio and I'm like yeah but mom I hurt my knee and so that's how I started going to yoga class and um it was a knee injury you thought it was going to be easy yeah is it because you thought it was going to be be yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) well I'll just do some yoga I just I but I I did and I had actually before that I had tried going to some yoga classes locally right here and around town near where I live and um and I didn't really get sort of hooked into it I would go and then not go I thought it was a good thing to do I was hearing more about it I was reading about it in my shape magazine and and I was going but I was not consistent and then I found a hot class I really liked the heated and it was a girlfriend of mine Um, there was a yoga studio opening in the year 2000 2001 uh, in Rhode Island and uh, Rafa yoga and then I met a girlfriend there and she worked across the street and she said oh there was a write-up in the newspaper there's a hot yoga studio and so I said yeah let's go let's go let's go I can't I can't wait to try it so we went to try it together and she went to about five or six ten maybe classes maybe six months 
and she sort of like fell off from it. But I just really felt like I was moving, my body sweating profusely. I just felt amazing. I slept better. I realized that my, I just realized so much. So once I found the type of yoga that I couldn't wait to do again and again and again, and the physical benefits I was getting from it led into some of the other benefits that changed my, my sort of my world, my life, my relationships, my job. Like I just, it was like, it was really waking me up. And so to answer your question, my yoga journey began, I was very much a uh, gym rat. And uh, I took this Oliver Vyasa yoga class. And that was the beginning of, of 20 years later, almost. And I still love it. Uh, I love sharing it. And it's just brought me so many, so many wonderful benefits. And at the very top of that, is the community and all the people that I've met. Oh my God. Yeah, I can imagine. So I, I, I love the point that you made though. So, um, cause some people have kind of reached out to me on social media talking about yoga. And I've said, you gotta just, unfortunately, you may just have to weave yourself through different studios, different styles, different classes to find the one that clicks. Y it may click right away. I have no idea. But for me, um, I had to do that. I mean, I went to every yeah. studio around here. I tried yeah. all different classes, not knowing mm -hmm. what I was getting into. Um, and I know when I found your class, I mean, I found it at the right time where I was frustrated. I wasn't losing interest, but I just needed that that next phase. And then you were there, and it was it just caught like that. I got gotcha. you. Oh, I my gotcha. God. And I was like, addicted. Hands wide open. Addicted. Hands and heart. 90 minutes of profuse sweating, mind-body connection. Sweating. Because no, nobody, nobody has a class like Jane. You, we've said this. Nobody holds a, a, a downward dog <laughs> like Jane. And, man, it is. Listen, <laughs> I am much more low-key than I used to be. They used to call me uh, G.I. Jane, yoga teacher. G.I. But Jane. It's, it was so perfect for my personality. And then yeah. the room, there was not – there was – there was nobody could just take their eye off the prize. And so everybody, cause you're going to fall down. You're not going to get back up. So everyone's just <laughs> intensely working towards them best selves. And that, that to me, just, just perfect, perfect timing in my life. Needed it. So, so this is all well and good. Right? It's this a is love really fest. Nice. I know. It's a love this fest, really James. Nice. <laughs> but I like to kind of get into the nitty gritty and I like to kind of talk about the other side being that, I think that some people are very intimidated by it and feel like, well, I think there's a lot of assumptions, but Jane, what do you say to people who say to you, I could never do that? Because they have these certain assumptions and expectations of what they're supposed to do. So what do you say to somebody like that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Mm. Well, what I do, first of all, is I will say that in Baptist yoga, that it's it's accessible to many and most. And, you know, Baron will say everybody, and to some degree it is. But then I have my husband who has um, uh, a muscular disease, muscular dystrophy, and diagnosed very late later in life. And he really can't do that much. I mean, he can, and Baron would say, well, you know, Jane, he can do, he can do the ujjayi breathing, yes. 
Um, but he really can't get up and down off, off the off the floor. He used to. He was at Synergy, Neil, in my class in 2010. Nice. And I actually took a picture of him and my brother in Downward Facing Dog because I just thought it was so cool. I was teaching locally, and both of them were in my class. It just made me so happy. That's amazing. And they were sweaty, and I just took a picture. And I don't <laughs> usually do that in the yoga studio, but I did. And uh, it's it's, you know, but it's accessible to most anybody. I mean, men and women, children. Okay, so example, on the beach in where I teach in the summer um, in the town, it, I had the day that you were there, Neil, with your, your boys, 7 to 87. Yeah. 7 to 87. Yeah. That age bracket can practice this yoga. Um, you know, tall people, short people, all people. But but people have to, you just have to like, inspire someone or, or just encourage and empower so if you have a body and you can come into one pose after the other and it's all very well done and baptiste did a fabulous job in bringing it more mainstream than what people used to i think read about and hear about and talk about the styles coming from from india the the, the bikram and the ashtanga yoga and the iyengar yoga the many different styles and the Baptiste yoga is is quite athletic, and I think that's why Neil and I and a lot of people, and you, Sam, too, can connect into the Baptiste yoga. And then if somebody says to me, well, that was too hard, and I say, well, you made it that way, not me. <laughs> your choices. You made those choices on your mat. All I did was make a few suggestions, right? That's right. And I try to put it on them. And then I say, like, maybe that's how you live in your life. Like, you just, you know, and I did. I did. Yeah. I always tried so very hard to put my body in positions that it either wasn't ready for it or my anatomy it didn't make sense and then you learn you know it doesn't feel right and so we just teach people you know it's like try it uh do your best um there's not there's no right way to do a pose like a triangle pose like brian kess would say he was my first teacher actually in my basement with all my gym equipment around me my husband's and my gym equipment around me and i would have brian kess on a vhs do you guys remember vhs video oh, oh yeah. yes we watched one the other night, actually. Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, Brian Katz is great. Sometimes he comes around the area now, even here. And this was 19, like, 80s. And he would say, as many people, there are 7 billion people in the world, there are 7 billion variations of triangle. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to meet people where they are. Right. You yeah. know, if. Well, I think, yeah, key, key is to not expect anything of yourself in a way. I mean, right. you do your best, but you can't expect things. I know when I right. started it, I had a lot of expectations that were quickly squashed. Yeah, so <laughs> y yoga, yeah, I've always say yoga humbles you. It'll put I you in so your place. I was so humbled in my first few classes. I was like, whoa, I yeah. thought I could do anything. And then they're asking me to do crow pose. Balance on my hands? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I was strong going into it and I, I was a gymnast so which has definitely given me some advantage in terms of not being afraid to try things but I was just so offended at myself <laughs> yeah that I and I start do. class with that a lot Sam I start class with that quite a bit is, is saying uh without expectations or with expectations I'll put it this way with expectations comes disappointment right without right. expectations there's no disappointment so yeah it's definitely there's so much more than the postures the postures are open they're awesome how they open the body up how they strengthen the body how they you know we we learn to connect into our core and it comes into our 
uh, whatever we do, you know, whether you're doing it professionally, uh, heavy lifting and laboring, or around the home. Like I have to bring all this patio furniture downstairs next week, right? And so <laughs> it, the, the, the physical practice is really good, but you've also said a couple of things that lead me to where I go with this with people and in teacher training. So I've been running yoga teacher trainings for the last probably six years. And I've trained a uh, hundred and more uh, people. And what I've chosen to do over the last three or four years is require before you show up to read the book, The Four Agreements mm -hmm. by Don Miguel Ruiz. And it's just those assumptions, right? Making assumptions, taking things personally, doing mm -hmm. your best, all the things we've been talking about today. And the last one being uh, being impeccable with your word. Right. And that's to another person, but that's also to yourself. Right. Right. Yeah, that's actually a good tip. And it, it worked for Tom Brady. It from did what, work from for what Tom I understand. Brady. So, really? Him and Giselle oh, doing yeah. just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing a few years ago. Yeah. Because the football, a lot of the football community, I was like, what is this book? This hippie stuff. Oh, What's going on? I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. I heard about it. I think that's why <laughs> I got the book. <laughs> I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time I, I'm hearing of that. I'm going to have to let everybody else know that maybe that'll influence them if Tom Brady says it versus the. I, I don't know. It may have broke. It may have broken up him and Belichick though. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? No, but the last the last <laughs> statement I think was probably the hardest out of that book. Be impeccable with your word. Yeah. That is hard. Speak your truth. Yeah, really and I mean, hard. if you're talking to yourself negatively on your mat the whole time, it's just you got to be able to like clear that out. That's just not impeccable. That's not what your your soul wants to hear. Yeah. True. I'm a, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. Yes. No, that's not impeccable. And I, I think from and I think from a realistic standpoint. So Neil and I literally we do have arguments about how often I am or am not attending <laughs> yoga. And so in a in a realistic world, I want people to understand that it's okay if you start something and then you have to stop yeah mm. and then you start again yeah. and I certainly um have these conversations with myself when I pick back up yoga so you know when COVID was happening we were trying to do stuff at home and it just was like oh God, just not happening the kids and the dog so and the business when I finally I got you. back into a studio I remember being downward dog and just being like oh my god I'm so weak. How can I not be able to do this? And then I was like, shut up. Just do it. Right, just stop. Right. And, and, and you, can always, you can always come down to child's pose. Yeah. Uh, oh, but I won't, yeah. my ego won't let me do that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Exactly. And, and you know what? You know that about yourself. So That's there's true. Just, it's, it's all of that, right? It's from the pose to what you're thinking, to what you're allowing yourself, to what you're giving yourself permission to do. Like you can be, I have beat the crap out of myself physically and mentally on my mat. Oh my God, all yeah. the time. And then I just say, you're like, why? And then, you know, you, you have that opportunity to begin again. And Sam, you know, I've been doing this for such a long time, teaching classes to people. And it's so funny because people check in and they give me confessions. And I like, I feel like mm -hmm. I saw them last week and they're like, I haven't been in a year. <laughs> and I think, you know what? The practice is always there. Right. And you know, Sam too, I think that what it sounds like is you're doing your yoga, what we call off the mat. You know, you're practicing yeah. your yoga off the mat. It's true. I like that. That's a great point mm. because that's what it's all about. Take it off the mat. Yeah. I mean, so eventually, right, our bodies are going to fail us in life. So I mm. look at I, I look at this as a tool right now 
to do as much work as I can on the mat to fine tune that connection I have between my mind and my body. So my mind is conditioned like a muscle so that when my body fails me when I'm older and I can't do a handstand anymore, I am hopefully going to be okay with that because of all this work I put in when I could. Yeah. And, yeah. And that yeah, we never know. We n- my husband didn't know when his last right. bicep curl was going to be. You know, I mean, he can't even lift his arm up anymore. Mm. And so, yeah, he di- we didn't know. We did not know. And, and yeah, he's dealing with it way better than – than I think I would be, but I'm, you know, I'm going to keep on doing the work at yoga yeah. to accept, to let go and to just be, just to be. Now, can we talk yeah. about the fire that you've mentioned in class? Because those are those moments I think you've alluded to when you just have to break out of what you're doing. You're telling yourself you can't do it and just how that um, correlates with, with our lives. So, like, if you can't, if you're telling yourself you can't do it. Mm. That fire. You talked about the yeah, fire. Yeah, like, you, you just won't do it. Like, mm. you just, you can't. If you tell yourself you can't do it, what I've learned is you can't do it. But if you tell yourself you can do it, you'll try to do it, you're willing to do it, and you just do your best. I mean, that's all you can really do. Mm. Um, as far as the fire goes, I'm not sure if there's something particular that that I say. Well, w- I remember being in, I don't know what the pose was, but we were holding it for a while, and you talked about just being in that moment, this particular pose at this particular moment, you'll never have this moment back in your life again. And it was just, it was very motivating yeah. to analyze it um, at that particular time and say, okay, I can hold this for another two minutes if yeah, I have to. It's like, you know, what is it? What is it? Is it really physically something that you can't, like we can get so set in our ways and, 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 and t- taking a lot of yoga classes and knowing the flow, you get into that habit of, you know, we usually here for a breath or five, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're asked to be holding it for 10 mm-hmm. and it's like, whoa, right. <laughs> wait, wait. And so what's, what's really happening? Is it that your arms are going to fall off Yeah. or is yeah, it your yeah. mind telling you you're like that? That's it. I it's what, what is it? What is it? Why, where are your sort of stop blocks? Is it a physical thing? Is it pain? Okay. You know, that's pain. Right. Teach for yourself. Mm-hmm. If it's your mind telling you and Baron always talks about, is it I can't or an I don't want to moment? Ah, yeah. Right. So, and then you just like take another breath, breathe in, and and what is really true? And if it's true that you need to put your arms down, you put your arms down. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. <laughs> but if it's a it's a point where you can just say, well, you know, this is just my mind telling me I can't do this, but I believe that you can, and that's the name of my business actually. Believe you can. Yeah. So we'll get you guys a coffee cup. <laughs> I want one. I want one of those. <laughs> I like it. But that's. <laughs> I love that. So you, you're, you're, you're a good teacher, and I fell in love with your teacher because you seem to know when to say the right thing at the right time. You, you'll drop a swear here and there at the, at the most crucial moment where the whole class <laughs> will just start laughing because you're not supposed to swear in yoga, but you'll just say the right thing where you just kind of, I don't know, bring a little levity to the situation. And it is interesting, too, You've talked about at times where we'll do something on one side, a hold, and then we'll go back through some vinyasa, and we all know it's coming on the other side. So your mind that whole time is like, 
holy crap, we got to do it on the other side again. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and you kind of prep us for that. Like you've said, okay, you know what's coming. Yeah. Let's deal with this. Let's or do it. You think you know what's coming. That's true and too. I don't do it. <laughs> Flip the switch. <laughs> but I have to say that in all my years and what I really, what I feel is, you know, my yoga practice is okay. I could really practice more myself. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting finding the time. I would COVID was nice. I was home. But what I just want to say is, um, uh, what was I going to say? Hold on a second. Is I think my, what I make my business, I make it my business to pay very close attention to who's in front of my eyes and what's going on. The most present I can ever be in my life is teaching yoga. Mm -hmm. I've identified that through lots of journaling questions presented by uh, a lot of barons, the work I've done with him. But one of the questions in the 40 Days to Personal Revolution book, which is Baron's second writing after Journey into Power, is where in your life are you the most present? And where in the life, where in your life are you like not present? And absolutely, I just, this is what I tell in my, in my, with my trainees, I stalk people on their mat. I stalk them. I watch them. I stare at them. I read their energy. And I've been doing it for 35 years. So that is when I know when to land something and not to land something. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still questioning myself always. And um, what I have given up is criticizing myself on my drive home. I did that for years and years coming home from Cranston, and that's a long drive. Yeah. I drive from yeah, Barrington yeah. or Bristol. It's not that bad. And I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't do this. And, oh, my God, I should have done that. Like, as a teacher, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a big job. Yeah, yeah. But – uh, I love it, and again, I don't really consider it a job, but it's a, it's, it's a big on-taking to, to see you these people, some you know, some you don't, you know, you want to be serious, you want to be, like, I just try to be myself, and I really watch, and I really take in the energy of the group, and then I just go from there, and I feel like that's sort of like something after what they say is how to master be master of something is to practice it and be repetitive and do it over and over again and so after all this time i feel like i can watch and read a room to know when to drop a swear word or a bomb or, <laughs> or stop talking for a minute <laughs> it's my hardest point to go back to something um you said a little bit earlier because i just wanted to relate it to kind of owning a business and, and kind of being in this industry about believing in yourself and believing when you're on the mat that you can do something or that you can't do something. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, for the people out there listening, it's sort of like if there was something that you could do to train yourself to believe in yourself, wouldn't you do it? And I'm just kind of realizing, wow, that's kind of what yoga does. It You train yourself to believe, to start to believe that you can do things. Exactly. That you yeah. can hold that pose that a little longer. Mm -hmm. And so if you can do that, well, then maybe when you get into the office, right. okay, you can make that cold call that you're That's really true. not yeah. comfortable doing. Um, not talking about anybody on this podcast or <laughs> anything. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, too, and again, I just kind of want to get back to the not just the esoteric points because I think Neil is just a very – I think blessed individual in a lot of things, the way he's able to analyze and self-reflect and make changes based on that is really nothing short of amazing to watch. And I'm going to get like really emotional oh right now. Oh boy, jeez. But, but I say that because I don't want people to think that 
they have to go into a practice like this and all of a sudden if their life doesn't change and if the personality yes. doesn't change and everything doesn't get better that the practice isn't working so i think for me it's been a much slower process and i think i'm only slowly bringing some of the mental benefits into my life i think the physical benefits you know every time i go back again more consistently i can the f- the physical benefits are are very obvious and mm-hmm. i think every time I bring just a little bit more into my life and it's okay if you don't have this major kind of breakthrough and if you're not constantly thinking about who you are and trying to change yourself, that's all okay. I just, this whole practice can just be very slow and deliberate and magical on a very (laughs) kind of long term and incremental sort of journey so I, I want people to know that it's not it doesn't have to be instantaneous at all and even if you don't feel like you're getting any mental benefits out of it I will say as someone who again is taking a long time on this journey <laughs> it happens slowly. I like to it see does. it does I like to see anybody like your voice anybody any age anything but I love the young and I, I love anybody, but really get on a yoga mat and be on a yoga mat for a period of time. And, and maybe not again for a very long time, but to have done it once to know that it's there, you'll go Sam, when you know your body needs it, you'll go when you have time, you're a busy female. Okay. Mom, <laughs> wife, daughter, friend, homemaker, caretaker, like you got a lot going on. So maybe when the boys are all grown up and you're saying like, gee, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also getting older and I've been doing this physical work, right, for longer. Like I always talk to the guys and girls about the accumulation of what you do every day on your body. Yeah. And so if you never come again for five years, but in five years you remember that experience you had on your yoga mat, to have that to you and everyone that's had that experience you know it's there that makes me very happy because when you need it it's there well thank you (laughs) you've given me permission to just kind of live and do what i can and be okay with that this is life i mean life get you know when you need it you'll know it's there because you've been on your yoga mat before your boys have they're young i love seeing teenagers we had teenage classes for a little while and we will start up again. But to s- for anybody, I don't care what age, 7, 17, 27, 77, if you get on a yoga mat once, some of us, some people are going to go daily, weekly, or whatever. And some people are going to be like, you know what? I, I went to yoga once. And, and maybe they don't think much of it. And then if something happens in their life, and they're going to know they can go to yoga. They can go on. They can go to even in the home, even in the computer class. But just to have done it once makes me very happy because they know it. They if they can connect into anything, even if it's the breath, which yeah. is hard for a lot of people. Which I learned as an early young teacher, what people would say was not so much the poses were hard. It was oh, I couldn't breathe. I, I, couldn't I agree. Breathing. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And that's so powerful. I mean, we need to be able to breathe to calm us down, to give us energy. Yeah. For so many reasons to well, heal think, ourselves. Yeah, and I think 
to getting back to what Samantha was saying about me, I think what I've learned, and I think you've o- you've always kind of had this superpower that I consider it, is the um, the stuff that doesn't matter, the crap, it just kind of melts away a little easier now. It doesn't affect me as much as it used to. Well, she kind of always had that, so that's something that this whole process has really um, benefited me immensely. Um, just to get back to what you were saying. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question about yoga and men in particular. Oh, that's true. Because, Dudes. You know, Ugh. you know, when we go into the <laughs> classes, it's 90% women, and I I don't understand that, and I wonder why you think more men don't do this. I have some theories, but I want to hear yours. <laughs> um interesting because going back to the beginning of time only men practiced yoga right. yeah. in yeah. India. It was it was only men. And uh yeah, in the in the in the East it's it's just always been the men. And here you get a lot more of the, the female practitioners. Um I believe that the style of yoga has a lot to do with that. And I think Baron Baptiste did a phenomenal job bringing Baptiste yoga into the United States and having it be brought to sports teams and um, and talking about accessibility. I mean, I feel like when I was at uh, Providence Power Yoga up until coronavirus, I haven't been back there since, uh, who knew March 6th would be I my know. last class ever seeing that community ever again. And then boom, right? Yep. So again, like you don't take that for granted, just like with your body. You don't take situations with community. And I never will ever again. And um, I had like, I don't know, we used to say, wow, because they had a large community of people. And I taught Baptiste yoga and a lot of the other instructors. It was different styles. Neil, you've been to that class a couple of times. Oh, yeah, I loved I it. I had like at least a third of the room sometimes being men. Mm. And that yeah, was true. true with back in the day of my group exercise classes. It's the style of yoga. And some of it is very, very flexy. And some of it is, you know, more mm, of breath practices like seated and some more meditation in it. Um, every guy I ever talk to will come up with uh, the um, reason they don't go to yoga is because they're not flexible. Right. Oh, and yeah. Everybody oh. says that, right? Bingo. That's why you should go. Right. <laughs> and the more right. you, the more you practice, the more flexible you're gonna get. You know, I just can't say enough as to why more men like it would be so beneficial for all men to get in there. And I always talk about, you know, what's the number one injury for? construction workers and physical physical laborers is back injury right right? low back injury and a lot of that relates to tight hamstrings most guys have tight Uh hamstrings neil's probably one of the only guys i know that can touch his toes no i'm just kidding (laughs) but very far few and far between to be able to touch their toes and the hamstrings pull three Uh and three on each side the hamstrings pull in the lower back and then right so it is definitely um a mission, a mission. Yeah, and I to think get more men on the map. Yeah, I, I, I would like to convince. Well, obviously, that's why we're doing this. People in our industry to should try yeah. it as well. Um, and I, I wonder too. We've had this conversation, Smith. If it's, I mean, in a way, it looks kind of easy. If you see somebody that practices, it looks very graceful, feminine to a degree. I would say. Sure. Um, I've had that. a lot of people <laughs> say, "Yo, you do yoga? That's for girls." I only see girls doing yoga. Um, Chaturanga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's so hard, it's yeah. so intense that I fear if some men 
can't keep up with the women in class, well, they're never going to go back again. Because I feel mm-hmm. like in our society, that's a sign that we've been taught is a weakness. And I wanted to mention that to something Sam said earlier is about um, that. Uh, I want to say the question had to do with with not going. It's that feeling of not good enough. Like I can't do it. Like I'm not good enough. And and from yoga practice to many many things, even like at your workplace, you know what we want to do is it was when I was talking about building up that self confidence and building up self esteem. It's by it's by doing things. It's not by Neil telling me I'm a I'm good at something. It's by me doing something and feeling like I've done it. You know, and not in a perfection kind of a way, but maybe in a precise way. And we talk about that in yoga where we're not looking to be perfect in a posture, but fine tuning, refining mm-hmm. and um, and precision, more precision than than perfecting. Yeah, but it's the whole thing about like even your like your children is like a lot of people. What I've seen in my own eyes in classes and boot camp teacher trainings is. A lot of people come from they're not good enough and that's just a big obstacle right in the way and we just have to remove the obstacle of not good enough or can't or not flexible enough it's hard it's hard to but i i feel 100 percent confident that if i could get more men more women more children more people on their yoga mat that they would have benefits like neil and i and you sam have have gotten over the years whatever yeah. level. I agree. If 50% of the population did yoga, can you imagine what this world would be like? <laughs> and I mean, really, and we'd, and all we'd all be friends. <laughs> we'd all be friends. We'd all be in, in good physical shape, which relates to our mental yeah. condition, yeah. which relates to our deep soul spirit. So yoga, body, mind, spirit, yoking together. I know that like when I make a good decision um, in treating another person. Like I told a story this morning, teaching class that I was so short with my husband yesterday and I felt terrible, you know, and then there's the opportunity of beginning again. But, but if I could, like, I know, like you said, Neil, you became aware of, you're well aware of what your yoga has done for you through doing the yoga and how you're showing up. And I'm well aware of what I don't want to be like. So now I have an opportunity to, to start all over again. Yeah, that's it's interesting. interesting how it, every facet of our life. It's so true. It, the point yeah, you had about your husband will have an argument and most likely in the moment now I won't admit I'm wrong, but I have lately come you're back way, once in a while and said, I may have been a little wrong about that. I may have been a little overboard about that. And that's just still not easy. I don't know why, but it's something we learn. Maybe it's age with yoga. I have no idea, but it's all it's all part of the journey. Well, I think like too, accepting that you, even though you're married and you've been close for a long time and you're working together, you still can have a, a, a different point of view on things, right? Oh, we oh do. yeah. <laughs> let's sure let's get do. into that. <laughs> if, if you if you if you take it like this, like mm. your point of view, Neil is right, and yours, well, anyone's, or like our point of view is our point of view. It comes from what makes us who we are up to right now, mm. and if you can just you know the saying, right? Agree to disagree type of a thing, but right. understand that Sam's point of view is, it's her point of view and just yeah, have honor that. 
Yeah. It just makes things a whole lot easier and a whole lot lighter. But we can talk about this. And I was going to say, can we talk to you once <laughs> a week, like Jane? It should be like a five-hour <laughs> podcast. Can we, can we talk to you maybe once a week at like 5 o'clock, <laughs> maybe Sunday <laughs> nights, and we'll... Uh, Only on Sunday nights. Tea with Jane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a it's definitely a practice as much as a backbend is a practice. It's yeah. just a practice. It opens so your heart. It opens your mind. I know to some people that don't practice, that sounds like a bunch of hippie gibberish. Yes, but exactly. Samantha and I have been talking a lot lately about that open heart, open mind. It opens the world to you. It really does. Mm. Like the crap that's going on doesn't affect you as much because you know what really affects you is you Mm. okay and you got to make the time for yourself Mm. to whatever self-medicate and i think a a lot of the the stuff that's happening that you don't have any control over Mm. i just don't think will affect you at least that's been my experience like it 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 can right but we've also been talking about how an open heart brings all new experiences to you. That's true. That you would not otherwise have allowed yourself to be a part of. And I think yeah. we've been experiencing that on uh, different levels of things lately. And it's um, it's exciting and it's yeah. amazing when you can just put yourself out there and see what experiences come to you without judgment. Um, it's, it's really powerful. It's very empowering, especially in a time right now when you may feel like you don't have control over anything. Yeah. But you do. But it's funny, you know, because like an example of this, we, we spent some time recently in Arkansas on a vacation. And we hmm. never thought, being from the Northeast, we would vacation in Arkansas. Yeah, what and made you go to Arkansas? Well, exactly. So, <laughs> but, and we never thought we would absolutely, open heart, Jane, open absolutely heart. <laughs> love it. <laughs> we absolutely fell in love with That's the place. so cool, actually. Right. And yeah. we've talked to people about it here, some of our friends, and they're like, well, what the hell? Like, wh- why? Why'd you go to Arkansas? And. One 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 was kind of getting into political thing. Well, well, how could you like be around you know those people? And we're like, what do you mean? I just think that's just a a really unfortunate way to live your life because we went down there and we had some incredible conversations with people from all walks of life, mm. all different neighborhoods. I mean, people in the cities, people that live way out in the country. I mean, one of the towns we were in was a population of about one hundred and fourteen. Wow. And that that open mind, open heart served us tremendously because we had a yeah. fantastic time. And we all had so much in common. I just wish everybody would realize that. You just know? Yeah, stop assuming. And we're talking about just people talk. that are walking around people. with a, a gun yeah. holster on. It's yeah. just a different yeah. way of life. It's different than up here, right? Exactly. Right. But, it's but it's not different. Open. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, it'll it'll bring you to some cool places and some really cool experiences if you can get there. It's part it's of our country, right? It's part of the country. It's yeah. one of our states. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've hit all my questions. Yeah. I think I have, too. This is good. Jane, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots to think about. Wanna, uh, how do you want to wrap it up? You want to do some handstands, Neil? <laughs> Neil, I'll just say this. Neil, I really admire you, and I have a couple of other construction worker friends that that I think about, and I will mention because they're so, they're so inspiring and, and, and talking about them to my class of young or old um, construction craft laborers is just um, the um, discipline. 
and a ritual that you have with your yoga and my friend Gary, who works in uh, stone, beautiful, hard work, right? Mm. And um, they just did the uh, Beirut, um, what do you call it, down in Providence, um, display, mm-hmm. for the lack of the word I'm really looking for, <laughs> monument, monuments. Okay. Downtown, and you know he does really great work. And that guy is up every day at before four o'clock, and he goes to the gym for an hour every day. He's fit as a fiddle at fifty. Good. I like that. Fit as a fiddle at fifty. <laughs> he's a role model to his son, and he's in construction since eighteen years old or wow. twenty, and he is in such amazing shape heading into retirement. That's in great. his fifties. Yeah. And, you know, and you getting up there in handstands and I know you're just a spring chicken, but, you know, and I love. So my idea of <laughs> my idea of finger stretches for yeah. construction workers yeah. yes. right, is to do like popcorn fingers and maybe wrist rolls. Mm-hmm. And your idea I saw on Instagram, <laughs> I guess this week. And here you are doing a finger mounted handstand your whole body weight on top of your fingers i thought that was phenomenal so keep up the great work thank you thank you for um, all the inspiration know, if you ever want me to teach a yoga class to your crew cool i'll be happy to do that very cool i'm always telling them like hey you want to come to class and they're like oh yeah okay whatever <laughs> Jane, where I'll, bring, I'll bring the yoga to the crew there the you crew go they can't get away the they can't get yeah. away i no. love it so bring where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or go to your classes? Oh, How I do they find um, you? Become a certified say, teacher, oh, too. I'm only teaching uh, one class a week in Bristol on Town Beach, Bristol, Rhode Island, Town Beach, on Saturdays. And we started it. I've been doing it for four years um, and stopping it at Labor Day, starting it on the first day of mm-hmm. summer and stopping it on Labor Day uh, because of co- uh, COVID-19. I came up with this little this little slogan that's been sticking. Um, back on July 10th, I kept on saying because the community is just so wonderful and we're able to gather, um, physically distanced but not social but socially connected. Nice. And like what that. I've been saying is until it snows. So I'm <laughs> teaching outdoors a class. That's all I'm teaching um, once a week, and I also have a website. Believe you can ri.com where I will list um, classes. I also have a lot of free audio classes on there. A link to my YouTube channel, which I really need to get more classes on YouTube, and yoga teacher training. So if anyone's interested in becoming a yoga teacher, it's Yoga Alliance approved 200 hour yoga teacher training. Nice. And that class is free. It's great. It's a beautiful setting. And bring your and kids. And it's family. Yeah. Family friendly. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. Bring your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so you can find out more about Bristol Parks and Recreation is who I'm representing. Actually, when I'm in Bristol, it's Bristol Parks and Recreation. And um, and it's for everybody. And until it snows, and if you can't make it this year, I'll be back on the beach in June next right. year, 2021. Awesome. Awesome. Hopefully a better year. <laughs> yes, I hope we can get closer together and actually hold hands and get I hugs. Know. You know, I miss – I went, this is just a funny thing in going – uh, when I first started the practice, I was a bit of a germaphobe and the <laughs> worst thing would be taking my socks off and walking across that floor to get on my mat. Okay. I got over that thankfully so quick. And now I just, I can't wait for the day 
when it's just mat to mat, like you're matched three inches right. away from the next I person know. and it's 95 degrees and we're all sweating mm. our asses off mm. because I can't believe how much I miss that community. And, yeah. you know, 98% of these people I don't even talk to because I'm so right. in my zone. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's an energy thing. It's crazy. Absolutely. I just miss yeah. it so much. So um, another benefit, you'll get rid of all your germ fears, which I think helped me with COVID-19, mind you. We only snickered at you a couple of times when you wore your socks over to your mouth. I, I did it first. <laughs> I did it first. Uh, no, honestly, you could wear your socks to your mat as much as you want to. And, you know, with this COVID-19 and the, the, the worry about the germs and picking up infection has made us cleaner people. Studios are cleaner. Doctor's offices are cleaner. People mm. are practicing more cleanliness. And mm. so maybe that will carry over, but we can not worry so much and we can actually and we can actually touch each other. Yeah. Right. You need to. Right. We all need hugs. Thank yeah, you. we do. Thank <laughs> you, Jane. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. My pleasure. It felt like five minutes. I have no idea what time it is. <laughs> That's what happens. It's almost five o'clock. <laughs> Thanks, Teach. My pleasure, you guys. Namaste. 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 Hope to see you soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please be sure to follow us at Landscapes and Pancakes underscore podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment where you listen to this podcast. And as always, check out our work and progress on magmadesigngroup.com and magmadesigngroup on Instagram.